chapter 7. Okay, start turning to Matthew chapter 7. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. We'll come and bring a Bible to you. Got guys coming up and down the aisles. Don't feel ashamed by it. If you don't own a Bible, this is our free gift to you. Please keep this one. Uh, if you have a friend who wants one and, and you want to gift them one, go and grab another. Okay, so go and do that. Turn to Matthew 7. Now, we are in week two of a series that we started last week called Family Matters. Uh, and I asked last week, but there's more people here today, and there's a lot of young students too, so I'm a little, I don't know who's going who's gonna to know this, but how many people have watched the show Family Matters? Okay, good, some of you. Okay, and I said last week, you've either, you know, you've either seen the show, right, you're, or you're too young, or you're old enough and you're just lame, and you missed it, right? Because Family Matters is one of the greatest, most formative television shows of my life. And so the, the background behind this series, let me say, is very loosely, extremely loosely, barely even touching uh, the show. It's really about uh, us having some issues as the family of God here at Redemption Flagstaff that we feel we need to talk about. But if you have watched the show, you'll notice usually towards the end of every episode, Carl, who's the father, will either pull in Edward, right, Eddie, or Harriet, or someone, or grandma comes in, and they give some wise advice as to shape the family to live in this way, right? So something bad happens in the show, they come together as a family, say, this is how we're going to solve it so that we can be a better family for each other and for everyone else. And that's exactly what we're doing in this series. At the start of the year, we wanted to be and have this opportunity to become the best church that God would call us to be for the sake of us and for the sake of the city. And so we chose four different topics to talk about over uh, the kind of last four weeks of this series to go through to say, I think we can get better here, and we will experience more joy, and the city will experience a greater witness. And so that's where we're at. That's why we're doing. So uh, last, last, uh, last week, we did Dedicated to the One I Love, which was from Season 2, Episode 7. Had nothing to do with the show. We just liked the title. Okay? Today, we're doing Season 3, Episode 13, Choir Trouble. Okay? Uh, I'm serious. This is the real deal. This is about as mega church as we've ever gotten right now. Okay? Um, choir Trouble. So the, the story behind this, and this will apply, I promise, the story behind this is Aunt Rachel, if you guys remember Aunt Rachel, right? So she becomes the choir director at her church. Steve Urkel, you guys remember Steve, right? He gets saved. He becomes a born-again Christian in the show, okay? Um, and, and so in the midst of this, he wants to serve, he wants to get involved, and so he goes to Rachel and says, I want to be in the choir. And she says, yeah, come on in, anything. He comes, and, and no, no shocker to anybody, but Urkel cannot sing, okay? And so he comes up, it's terrible, and so she begins to say, you know what? You're out. And so she kicks him off this choir team, right? She kicks him off. And so he's hurt, and the whole family's, and, and you know, they're trying to figure what's going on. And, and so then, uh, and so grandma, being the wise one, comes in and pretty much rebukes Rachel at the end of the show and says, it's not about the external. It's about the internal. It's about the heart. It's about what, that God loves us, not that we can prove himself to him. And so what we're talking about today out of that, okay, is prayer. Because the reality of prayer for us is that God listens because he loves us, not because we've proven anything to him. Because we have a good, gracious, and merciful God, he decides, I'm going to listen to those crazy numbskulls down there because I love them, not because they've done anything of their own merit to deserve my ear. And so that's, the, that's, that's how I want us to approach this today and shape us as a church moving forward, is that I mean, God, in his goodness allows us to communicate with him. Listen, if you've ever opened up the Bible, you open it up and you read pages about the God you can then speak to. When you, when you read Genesis 1, that same God is the God you can talk to today, the ones that we prayed to multiple times already. That's what we have available to us because of his love, not because of us, okay? And so, without further ado, here's what we're doing today is, um, I've preached a lot of sermons on prayer, and I feel like I've, I've preached a good amount to our church in hopes that we would just grab on to what God says here and say, okay, I'm in, I'm going to do it. But I realize this, is that everyone prays differently. People experience God differently. You experience him d depending on what your story is, where you come from, the way you pray might be different. How you even understand this communication with an omnipotent, amazing God might seem so foreign because of your background. Maybe you're really shy and you don't like to talk to your wife. And so then you're just, I don't want to talk to God who I can't see. 
There's all sorts of different questions that we have about prayer. And so what I wanted to do is bring up six people from our church, and they're actually all part of our prayer ministry here, and I'm just going to interview them for the most of this. Ask them questions, because the reality is, is hopefully you guys will hear something and say, that's kind of like me. Like, there's, there's been this, dis- I read the Bible, it says pray unceasingly, it says all these things about prayer. There's a disconnect because I don't know how to do it. I don't know what that looks like. And so I wanted to, let's get six people up here and just give you examples and talk about their prayer lives, how they pray, why they pray, what that looks like. What would it look like in their minds for us to become a dependent praying church? And so that's why we got the stools, okay? No circus acts. Now, um, I wanted to do, before they came up, my best from a theological background from a systematic approach to give you what I think the Bible on the whole thematically says about prayer. And so I wrote this line down, and we're just going to read a bunch of scripture that supports this stuff, and then we'll bring them up. Okay, so I think it's this. I think it's we pray to God because and in Jesus through the Holy Spirit in faith and confidence for what we need, what we want, what others need and want all the time and everywhere. Okay, One more time. We pray to God because and in Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, in faith and confidence for what we need, what we want, what others need and want all the time and everywhere. Okay? So here we go. We pray to God. Matthew 6, 9 through 13, we just read. But pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because of Jesus, 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. John 15.7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. John 14.13 and 14, whatever you ask in my name, Jesus, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Through the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 6.18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication or prayer for all the saints. In faith and confidence, Mark 11.24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. James 1.6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. For what we need, 11, 1, 9, or sorry, Luke 11, 9. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Matthew 6, 7, and 8. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard with many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. For what you want, Matthew 21, 21 and 22, Jesus answered, truly I say to you, if you have faith and no doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. What others need and want, therefore, James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. 1 Timothy 2, 1, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, all the time and everywhere. 1, Th- 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Don't stop. 1 Timothy 2, 8, I desire then that in every place that men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarrel. Okay, this is a fraction of the Bible on prayer, Okay. I mean, a fraction. And there are stories after stories. After, I mean, if you mine the Old Testament, you're just going to get some of the most amazing stories of how people came before the face of God. They prayed and God moved, okay? I didn't have time to read every story. We almost just going to read the whole Bible today and see how it's one giant communication with God. But here's the idea, okay? God wants us to pray. God wants us to communicate with him. God wants us to praise him. God wants us to present requests before him. He wants us to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming and always talk. Okay. Always listen, I guess, will be part of this too. But I feel we have a problem probably with both. Pray. And so I think for our church, as I think about us as a church, I'm like, man, 
if the Bible is so clear that this should mark our lives, this should be something so significant and robust that when something's in my way, I'm going to pray first. I'm going to go to him first, not 10th after I've tried everything else. Okay? Joseph's trying to fix his motorcycle. And I said the other day, he's tried like 15 things to fix it. Have you pray yet? He said, no. I said, sinner. Pray. Why, why, why do we struggle with this? Why do I struggle with this? And I'm going to be straight up honest with you. Of every discipline in the Christian faith, prayer is the biggest one I struggle with. Right? I am a, I am a total doer. Give me a task list, I'm going to knock it down one after the other. But for me to slow down and consult the guy who made the thing I'm trying to fix, that takes a little bit. And so I'm trying to grow in this too. This is not, hey, church, you need to get better at this. It's we need to get better at this. Because the Bible says we should be so dependent on him. And so I'm going to invite up the panel now. And if they want to work their way up, you guys give them a round of applause as they start working their way up here. You know that you've got to keep clapping until they get here. It gets weird otherwise. There we go. There we go. Yeah, come on, they're not, they're not seated yet. What are you guys doing? You getting tired? What's going on? You guys just are on break for a month. All right, all right. Gary, perfect. Okay, if you guys want to pull out the mics, just you're not rattling with them later. So here's the deal. Everyone that's on this stage is part of our prayer ministry team. Now, you've noticed usually if we've got a couple people up here. You, I mean, Gary for sure is always sitting up here. He's kind of doing this thing. And so you're kind of like, is he going to kill me? Or, you know, what's... Um, no, he just wants to pray for you. He really wants to love you. Okay, so exact opposite. Um, but this team, along with a handful of other people, you'll notice every Sunday, usually they're wearing lanyards or something, and, uh, and they want to pray for you, right? They either want to pray when you come up, and, and honestly, we're starting to push them towards, they're going to go start seeking you out. So if you're just standing there, for whatever reason, you know what I mean? The Holy Spirit, like a dove lands on your shoulder, you're, you're done, right? Like, we're, we're coming after you. And you're going to get prayed for because it's the way it's going to work. And so um, I've asked them to come up and really just answer a few questions. And, and let me say this. I uh, incredibly respect every single person up here and especially um, in, in their prayer lives. I'm encouraged by them. I'm shaped by them. I'm formed by them. And so that's why they're here. So they have very much credibility just because they pray, right? They're not holier than any of you. They just, they, I, I know them as prayers. And so uh, it, it helps me grow. I hope it helps us grow as a church this morning. So why don't you guys just real quick, real, real quick, introduce yourself. Uh, and um, that's it. Just introduce. <laughs> I'm Anna. I'm Justin. I'm Gary. I'm Joseph. I'm Kate. Kelly. And Randy. All right, the esteemed panel. Anyway, so let's jump right into it. The first question I had for you guys um, is, is what is prayer to you and why do you do it? Okay, so kind of a double barrel there. What is prayer to you and why do you do it? And again, like I told you, just whoever wants to go, have at it and don't be shy. I'll start. Prayer, prayer to me is uh, communicating with God. And I, I shared your same sentiments, Vince. I find myself uh, week to week sometimes not praying, and it's such a difficult discipline. However, when I do pray, I just have such a fantastic relationship with my God and my Creator, and as Vince, one of his scriptures was uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.16, which is one that I've memorized, excuse me, and tried to uphold, which is pray without ceasing. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. It's something I've tried to inculcate with my kids. So um, if that answers the question, it's for me the discipline of which I'm continually trying to get better at daily is to pray without ceasing. That's good. Yeah, another thing I think about too with prayer, um, it's just humbling. And I, I think that what God really desires out of us in prayer is to come to a place of surrender. Um, I think so often we think we can do so many things on our own. We think that we are so strong. But the truth is, is that's, that's not the case at all. And when we finally get to a place of surrender, when we're willing to just come to God and ask from him, then he gives. So. And I think for me, 
definitely communication, like Randy said. Um, but even more than that, it's, it's such a deep heart connection, um, communication that you can't have with another human because God knows you perfectly. And so even if you're praying and you're like, I have no idea what to say, you can just be like, and in the midst of being overwhelmed and, yeah, just not having words, God still, he knows your heart. And so even if you sit there, I think praying can just be sitting there and crying, you know, or just understanding like God is hearing me right now and hearing your soul without any words. And so it's, I think that's the source um, of why prayer is so powerful and a type of communication that you can't have with a human, and that's why we need it. And I think that's why it changes our souls so much and, like, frees us to communicate with people. Because I can think about Joseph and I are married and have been married for six months, and so we're still learning who we are and how to communicate with each other. And if I talk to God about, like, who is Joseph? Like, I just don't get him right now. He's doing something that's driving me crazy or um, just, like, yeah, it just helps me to understand who he is. If I ask God, like, who have you created this man to be? And why am I struggling? Because I know that you love him, and I want to love him, but in this moment, I don't know how. And so I think it just helps um, in those moments and with friends um, or just in any situation where you struggle to communicate with someone or you just don't feel understood. Um, it, if you talk to God first, he usually can clear it up for you and help you to listen to the other person and communicate better with them. So, You think about it. God spoke the stars into existence, and he wants to commune with me. How humbling is that? How awesome is that? And why would I expect him to talk to me if I don't talk to him? It's a relationship. You hear that phrase all the time. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. Well, it sounds corny, but it's absolutely true. How do you have a relationship with your wife, with your kids, with your best friend if you don't talk to them? So you talk to God. Sometimes it's very mechanical. Um, I think we'd all agree with that. Sometimes we get started and it's, oh, dear Heavenly Father. And it's just it's incredibly <laughs> mechanical. The praying without ceasing is when you stop doing that. When you sit there and you're, you, it's like when you're driving along with your, one of your family members and you look up and you, my son and I, oh, did you see that truck that went by? You know, it's a spontaneous. So there's times I don't say, dear Heavenly Father, you know, and I don't end it all the time with, you know, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Uh, I used to wake up at night um, terrified because I had gone to sleep saying a prayer and I forgot to say amen at the end of the prayer. <laughs> Didn't count. Yeah. It's like, doesn't count. It's doesn't just count. like, oh, that was toes. I wasted yeah. all that time. God wants to talk to us. He wants us to talk to him. He will talk to you. He finds his own way of communing with you. People, um, I hear him right here. Always this side. So if it's over here, I know it's the devil. <laughs> On the shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> so he wants to talk to us. So talk to him. It doesn't matter how you start. It's going to start out mechanical if, you, if you're not used to doing it. But he wants to have a conversation with you all the time. Yeah, I, just to speak to that, I had a, uh, had a buddy and he was telling me, we were talking about prayer this some time ago, and he said, you know, he's like, my pastor says, you have to say amen. You have to end it with amen. It's, he said, my pastor says, it's like sending the mail without a stamp on it. Like, it's like, you've just done it, but it won't get there. And I was like, well, your pastor's an idiot. So, uh, Probably loves Jesus, which is good enough. But who else? Let me say this, you guys. Uh, I think you. I think there was kind of kind of a common theme here, and especially Kay, I think you touched on it really in, in with Joseph and um, really not knowing I love Joseph, which is tough. I mean, let's be honest. And uh, I'm a great guy. Thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> is you know, is this understanding of our own inadequacy? right? That, that there's just, I feel like we struggle with, we even need this, 
right? Like the, it, it feels like this life is, it, it's just fine. We can coast through, I can get through till tomorrow and not need this as part of my life. There, so we, we have an adequacy problem. Um, and, and so would you guys speak to that at all? Do you guys have any kind of thoughts on that? Well, it's communication again for me. Not a, if, if, if I don't communicate with Kelly for a week and we've kind of had a chaotic this past year, our relationship suffers greatly. Uh, conversely, if we have date night, we communicate in the morning, and we pray together, our relationship is fantastic. It's running on eight cylinders. Sim- similarly with, with our God, if I don't have a dialogue with him throughout the day, throughout the week, um, my life, the people I touch, the people that I'm supposed to be witnessing, uh, the people that I'm supposed to be the salt and the light for, um, they get lost in the crowd, and my relationship is is not strong with my Lord, and then it affects my relationship with my wife, my kids, and the people that I'm you know, hanging around with. I think along those lines, um, we don't. Life is too short to uh, have an opinion that God's not. Um, a fan of, <laughs> and whether it's opinion about myself and how I look at myself, or whether it's opinion about my the problems that are in front of me or the tasks that I have to do, uh, I just can't afford to walk through this life not knowing what God's thinking about those things and about me. And I find that that totally, um, I don't know when I when I have a. a thought or a perspective of myself that's not coming from God's opinion of who I am or his vision of who I am, then it it affects me and everybody around me because I start acting like somebody who God didn't, you know, not the person that God called me to be and not the person that God made me to be. And uh, so I don't, I don't find that there's any hope that we can walk through these, these issues that we see around us and even just the, the purpose that we have in this life without um, knowing what God thinks about that and, and being vulnerable with him um, to, know, to say, yeah, like, God, we, um, you're the answer, so um, we're ready to, to hear your answer. And, yeah. Sometimes we're not ready to hear his answer. Uh, I find that that's one of the times when I've stopped talking to him. I know what he's going to tell me, and I don't want to hear it. Um, ooh, I'm hitting some nerves there, I bet. Um, in Psalms, it says that, he does, that God does not hear the prayers of the unrighteous. We're told that, he, that the, the prayers of a righteous man do, does much good. Vince used that scripture. How does those two go hand in hand? I'm a dirty, rotten sinner all the time. I work out my salvation with fear and trepidation all the time. Many times my prayers are, Lord, please don't give up on me. Inadequate? Yes, I'm wholly inadequate. I'm a human being. Um, but it's by the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ that I am righteous in front of him. And when I put my petitions at his feet, he hears them from Jesus. We're commanded to go out and we're commanded to heal, to cast out demons, to do things. And this, this is not a gifting of the spirit. This is what every Christian is supposed to be doing. How do we have that power? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So in, when I start feeling inadequate, I have to remember my inadequacy means nothing because my adequacy comes from Christ, not from me. Yeah, and about inadequacy too, I think that that's a big roadblock with prayer because we don't like to admit that we're inadequate of living this life. And I think for me, like especially like in relationships, finding value in like, having a good relationship with Joseph, um, I don't want to go to that place of like, oh my gosh, I just, I need help right now. 
Um, and so I think that that might be like one of our biggest struggles with prayer. And I know it is for me on the personal level is just pride. Like I just, I want to accomplish things on my own. I want to, at the end of the day, take credit for I'm a good wife or I'm a good student or whatever. I want those, um, I guess, rewards to have my name on them instead of surrendering those things and really allowing God to move. And I think it's also scary, like, what if God asks me to do something that it doesn't have the same, like, success that I see? So maybe in school, I I view success as getting straight A's, but God views it as loving my professors well and loving the students around me well and helping them study or... um, yeah, whatever he might ask me to do will look different. And so I think sometimes I don't want to go to that place because I want to do it my way. Or, um, yeah, I just, I, I want credit for it. I just think it's a lot of pride. And so I see that in my personal prayer life. Um, when I stop praying, I become more prideful and it becomes about me. Um, and then it, I kind of go through those phases of like surrendering back to God and saying, no, I don't want this to be about me. Um, life will be so much um, more fulfilling and more purposeful if I do surrender all of these little things throughout my day to you. Um, and so I think that's, yeah, yeah, again, that heart connection is our pride. I think, like, what opposes pride the most is prayer because that's when you humble yourself and you surrender to God. And, like, even physically, sometimes I just can't get there. So I have to, like, lay down or bow down to actually get my heart to go there um and so it is it's a struggle i think with not wanting to feel inadequate in prayer you just that's surrendering that's humility so i think it's pretty easy to see our need for god when um i know in the past when i have wanted to encourage somebody but god hasn't really breathed on what i'm saying he hasn't given life to it it's encouraging but it doesn't last and it falls pretty flat And when God breathes on something and he gives it life, there's an effect. And there's something that lasts on that person or even in your own life. Um, But specifically when you're praying for somebody and God's giving you something to say and he's speaking directly to that person through you, it has a lasting effect. And so I think when we see the outcome of what our words say versus hearing from God and actually speaking life over somebody, it's, it's pretty easy to see our need for God mm-hmm. and that we're not adequate in ourselves to encourage somebody <laughs> and have it be lasting. That's good. I kind of want to almost take a step back because I feel like, uh, so sometimes even before we get to this type of discussion, there's the question of just does prayer even work, right? And whatever that necessarily means to someone might change per, per the person, right? But does it even work? Because okay, if, if, we, if we could get to the point where we'd all agree in the room, like if everybody would say, okay, I'm a Christian, and I read the Bible and say, okay, prayer does work for whatever that means, then we need to figure out how to do it, right? But so we you guys speak to just how have you seen prayer work and whatever that really means to you? Um, so there can be a lot of kind of I guess ability to see, um, it's awesome when you pray and something happens and it's easy to say, oh, that's awesome. Like God's, God's doing something because I asked him to do it. And, and those are, those, those times shape you and I've seen them happen. Um, and I think a lot of us up here have seen them happen and, um, where you ask for something specific and, and you are trusting God and, and you have nothing to lose or maybe you have everything to lose, I guess, but you're just asking God and he's your answer. And then he comes through and, and something shifts that's very obviously God moved and God did something. I think it's a lot more difficult to handle when you ask for something and you don't see something change. And it's... Uh, it's one of those responses, I think, that um, we have a responsibility to do, and it's one of those responses that um, God doesn't always force us to have. It's like, it's, it's this gift to respond to that. And 
Um, so I think, I think one of the ways that we typically want to respond to that is to, um, is to, is to figure out why it didn't happen. And I think that that's a, a huge temptation to do that and even maybe spiritualize why it didn't happen. Um, but I think actually if God hasn't given you an answer for why he didn't do something um, and it's, it's like God's not giving you an answer, then I think to come up with an answer for myself about why something didn't happen that seemed like a really good idea to me and it's actually like what God put in his word to ask for, like, like healing, for instance. I think every one of us have probably prayed for somebody to be healed and maybe it didn't happen. And so I think when you encounter that, our response of being able to say, um, well, God, you're still God and you still told us to pray for healing so that I have a hard time feeling that you don't want us to pray for healing or that you don't want to heal if you told us to do that, to pray for healing, to ask for it, to be vulnerable and say, God, you're my answer and we need healing. And then God doesn't actually want to do that. I think it's easy to, to project our feelings of disappointment and our feelings of um, our own inability to change this problem onto God and to, to create, in a way, a God that's not Him. <laughs> Instead of allowing Him to be... He's the Lord, and he gets to, you know, he gets to be the healer when somebody doesn't get healed. And that's, that does not work in my brain. I don't get how that works. But every time I try to qualify something that didn't happen, it ruins the next time that I want to ask for something to happen. Because God's on trial now, and he has to act the way I want him to act, or he's not God. And prayer doesn't work. And quite honestly, God is, God wants more than for us to just be used to having everything we ask for happen. <laughs> he actually wants relationship in the midst of him being the God who can actually do everything that we ask for and, and wants to do the things that we ask for. And so I think that's a, a very, it's a, yeah, without speaking too much more, sorry. <laughs> but it, it's, um, I think it can be holy in that place to not have an answer for everybody who wants to ask you why this didn't happen, to not have an answer if God didn't give you an answer. And when he does move, then it's, it's something that, you know, like there's, there's no other way that a miracle would happen except for God doing it, right? So... So those things we, we get to celebrate, that's, that's amazing. And when, when it doesn't happen the way that we asked for and we needed it, I just think that's a place to come back to God and say, God, we're still vulnerable in front of you and we still need you and you're still the answer and you're still good. And I, I have to believe that, but I don't get to decide why you didn't do what I asked you to do. And I think that's very... Uh, humble, vulnerable, and, and real place to be. So. Yeah, I think what's awesome about that, too, is that when we look at prayer in the Word, um, I mean, it's so much more than just asking God of things, too. I mean, prayer is an act of worship and praise. It's also requesting from the Lord. It's also just listening to the Lord. And we look at men and women throughout Scripture who pray. Um, if we look at the life of David, if we look at Samuel and the way he listens and hears God, I think it's so important to also look at prayer in more than just we're asking God for something, but it's, it's praise, it's worship to the Lord, and he hears us. Um, and so I just wanted to add that with everything else, too. I think it's such an overwhelming privilege to be able to pray um, that for us to think that one of the only reasons to pray is to receive something that we want is incredibly arrogant because true prayer is me coming before a holy God trying to surrender my will to his and I think so much of unanswered prayer is the fact that we don't take the time to be in God's word to actually even really know what to ask 
How many times do we just shoot up prayers of his God is a genie that has to please us, and he grants us three wishes? I mean, I, I think those are things we have to really work through, and we have to know God's word if we're going to be able to speak to him. I, I remember a pastor when Randy and I were first married. He said, when I was a new Christian, I would feel conviction. I'd feel guilty about something, but it wasn't something in particular. But when I got to know God's word, the Holy Spirit could speak to me through his word. And I think oftentimes as Christians, we want something immediate. We want it now. We don't want to have to put in the time. And we forget the fact that we are in right relationship with the Holy God. We want to take Romans 8.28. We want to say all things are going to work for our good. And we want that to be that I'm healed. I'm healthy. My kids are healthy. My house is bigger. I have a better car, you know. But the truth is, what is God's will for us? What is that? It's our sanctification. And sanctification typically doesn't come through great ease, unfortunately. I think the other reason that for me prayer is so important is because Jesus did it. We are to be models of Christ, right? WWJD. All the time we say that. <laughs> and yet we don't even really know what that means. Because my life somehow, and these people on stage and Vince and my husband and family most importantly, need to hold me accountable. They need to see that at some point my life is implementing the disciplines of Christ. I pray because, number one, it's a privilege. What an incredible privilege. I pray because I don't want to get out of bed if the Holy Spirit hasn't filled me to do what he's asked me to do that day. And I pray because, I don't know about you, but I know what I can do on my own. I can try hard, I can do good, and then I fail. And I don't want to be on this stage. I don't want to tell my children. I don't want to mentor people into a false faith. That, yeah, just do it because it looks good. We're a good community. I want it because it's real. Because I go meet a real and holy God. And he does answer our prayers. It's not going to look always like what we think it is. Look at the message of Jesus, right? Was, was that the Messiah most people were expecting? I want to encourage us as a church to pray prayers of a, of a righteous man and woman. They availeth much. And I'm so excited to have the privilege to pray with you and for you and for the body of Christ here. And so that's just a little bit of what, what prayer is to me and what I think prayer is for us as a church. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Renny, you got something? You I was just going to add to what it. Kelly said with, uh, yeah. I think it was George Mueller, who you, you tied in prayer with uh, Scripture. And Vince, a couple months ago, was, you know, suggesting off the cuff that we become a church that reads the Bible. Um, what a concept. But uh, <laughs> Mueller, Mueller would start with a quick little prayer in the morning just to kind of introduce himself to the Bible, then he'd read scripture and have an ear to what God was telling him through the scriptures and then begin his prayer. And he was just open to hearing God's message, communicating with God after he'd spent some time actually reading the Bible. Yeah, that's good. Your original question, does prayer work? Um, I'm a nurse. I just recently retired, but I almost 28 years as a nurse. And the good Lord had blessed me by allowing me to be at the bedside and to pray. Um, I find there's different prayers. There's times when I just know I'm supposed to pray. It's the right thing to do. You see somebody hurting and you pray. You know your heart's not right and you pray. There are times when he says, don't you think you need to pray? Lately it's been, it's, it, I, th I find it humorous. I hear the, the I hear the, God clearing his voice. I hear that. <laughs> I instantly know, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, those are different prayers. Those are God-directed prayers. I think we've all had those where it's not 
It's God saying, now, you, now. But be careful. Having been at the bedside of people dying, sometimes my prayers were that God took them home. Sometimes my prayers were as much for the living as they were for those that were expiring. Um, God will allow you to do miracles, but it's God that does them. He may use you, but but it is always God. He allowed me to be part of the healing, as he's done with others here. I asked him, why won't you let me do this more? And he says, you're not ready for it. It's too heady. You've seen the televangelist. You've heard the televangelist. Be healed. It's not God. God doesn't work that way. Um, prayer so is so awesome. It works. I've seen the miracles occur, as many have up here. Um, God calls it, not me. I'm just supposed to be faithful in my prayer. I don't have to explain God. He spoke stars into existence. You, you have to go back to Job when Job's, you know, crying in his beer. And, <laughs> excuse me, where were you when I created this? Where was this? You know, oh, oh yeah, that's right. I don't ask you for your opinion. I'm God. At some point, you've got to get okay with that. He, he calls the shots. Those are the times I can't pray. Is when I know he's telling me to do something I don't want to do. And I've told him, just go sit over there for a little bit. Don't go anyplace, but I need to, to not talk to you for a bit because I'm mad. Because you know you're going to win. I'm going to do what you say. <laughs> and I just, I need to get over this. You know, at least once would, in my life would you ask my opinion. <laughs> you know, do you mind doing this? He never does. That's my problem, not his. I believe in lordship salvation. Vince has brought this up. If he's my savior, he also needs to be my lord, which then means when, when I've gone, gone to the bedside and prayed with people and, and asked if I could, asked that they're praying people, and they yes, can I pray for you? Yes. And they look, why? I said, well, God and I are on a first name basis. I call him sir, and he calls me stupid. I am totally okay with that. That is not a derogatory. That is okay, because that's me. I am, I am Peter. I'm the idiot. Uh, and God still uses me. He allows you to be there. Just prayer work. I, I was in a church, and I, I was asking God to give me a sign that what we we're doing is working. And into the service came, we're praying for people and all that, and everybody's filing out and all, the, all that happened. And this guy comes back in, I just for some reason looked up, and he's at the back of the church, and he's talking to somebody, someone's trying to talk to him, and he pushes him aside, like, 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 get out of my way. And he makes a beeline for me, and walks up, and I went, uh-oh, I made him mad. <laughs> uh-oh, about to get punched out in the middle. I have no idea who this guy is. He comes right straight to me, and he says, I was halfway home, and God told me I was not done yet. And I'm thinking, why is he in front of me? And he comes up and he says, there's something I'm supposed to do. Do you know what it is? I think I'm supposed to do the thing. You're supposed to become a Christian? Yeah, how do I do that? And I'm sitting there going, oh. would you please give me a sign that what we're doing is right? And you bring this guy straight to my face and, and have him ask me to introduce him to Christ. Does prayer work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this has been about two and a half years, and he and I still communicate. Text, but still, it, it works. <laughs> you know, at Christmas, I text him, you okay? Yeah, oh yeah. And, and that just reminds me of how powerful, whether it's you lay a hands on somebody and they're healed of uh, an ailment or they pass into the, the eternal life peacefully. And the, 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 the coolest thing is when I've, I've prayed for someone, and I say, you know, it, when it's their time to go, would you give the family a sign? And one time in particular, the person, we, we, I say amen, and I look up, and the guy's dead with a smile on his face. 
God spoke stars into existence. He does awesome things. He wants to do them in your, in your heart, and he wants to do them through you in other people's hearts. Yeah, I think the question of uh, does it work, I think we need to reframe what we mean by work. I think often it's, if something works, that means it's going to do what, it's, what we want it to do, right? So if our car shuts down, right, it is no longer working because it's not doing what we think it's supposed to do. And I think we need to reframe the way we understand work is to say, even in the moments of unanswered, or I call them delayed answered prayers, right? At some point he's going to answer, it's just we don't know his timing on it. Um, he's doing something different than just giving you what you want in the moment. It's still working. It's just working in a different way than you expect it to. Uh, I was, uh, you know, Verdi and I were trying to, to teach and train Finley to, to sleep better, right? And so the goal, if you hear him whimper once, you don't run in, right? You want to, sometimes we're kind of elongating a little bit. And so the other day I'm, I'm at home watching him and he's crying. I'm letting him cry for about five minutes. And I'll tell you what, it is just agonizing for me as a parent to hear that. I'm, you know, and not just from a physical, you know, be shut up. Uh, it's really from the, I am, my heart's breaking because all I want to do is care for you. All I want to do is give you everything you want in this moment, but it will not be what's best for you because I will go and pick you up. If I do it right away and then you're going to be happy, I'll put you down. You're going to cry and we're going to do this thing for the next 10 hours, right? And then you'll never learn how to sleep. And so there's a reality to, okay, delay. I'm not going to answer it when, when he wants it every time because I know better than he does right now. And God knows better than we do at all times, right? I mean, so there's never that moment. So it is always working. It's just not always how we assume it's going to look, okay? Um, last question, because I think, what time? And I know we're running a bit long on you guys, and I apologize for that. 20 after. So I want to do one last question. We're still going to do music um, and stuff like that. Apologies again for a bit longer, but this has just been really good. So kind of this last question, I, I, w I don't want people to leave today without just saying, like, a one practical or intentional, like, okay, I'm going to leave today. This is what I will do because they said they did it or whatever um, to grow in prayer, right, to, to enter into this journey if I haven't already or just get better than they already are. What would be that one intentional, one, one practical thing they could do? Well, it's not like this. It's not super practical, like, in, you know, what you just asked for. But the, the one thing I've been thinking, <laughs> sorry, Vince. <laughs> Do whatever you want. I mean, the one thing I've been thinking this whole time we've been talking about prayer is um, we don't get to have a sense of entitlement with God because he's God, and it's been talked about a lot. Um, but I do think we have a responsibility um, to be expectant for what he wants to do. And I, to me, that's a very different thing. Um, entitlement is I should just get it because I'm a Christian and I prayed. And expectancy is I know a good God who wants to impact my life right now. He wants to impact the lives of the people I interact with every day. And so to be expectant that he is going to talk to me. And that doesn't necessarily mean I hear words audibly in my ear, but it could. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> it's never happened to me that way. Um, but it could, it, it comes in all different forms. So, I mean, it could be a dream. It could be um, you all of a sudden are thinking about this person and you think, you know what, I think they're going through this. Well, it's the only way you're going to find out if God's saying it is by taking risk and risk is really scary. And so, I would just encourage everyone to start being risk takers, no matter how uncomfortable that makes you, because that's the only way you're going to see yourself grow in hearing from God, is to hear and th say, you know what, God, like, I'm, I'm really trying to follow you, I'm really trying to obey you, so please help me not screw this up. Sometimes it's super awkward, and you have to get past that. Other times, um, it's awkward, but it's amazing, because he wants to show up, and I really believe that he, he does show up. And, I mean, if you're seeking him out, he's going to show up and he's going to impact your life and the lives of everyone around you. Um, so that's what I would say. That's good. That's really good. Uh, shameless plug here. The six of us are here weekly uh, to pray with you, if you like, whether it be something uh, tragic, really heavy on your heart, or a simple praise. And we're up here on the left and the right and the back I just really go wherever Vince tells me to go stand <laughs> but uh, I encourage you to we'd love to be a, a pray, we are a praying church and we'd love to pray with you um, again for the big things the small things uh, the small joys of life and to ans answer Vince's question directly is just to begin to find 
a time. The Bible talks about a closet, find a prayer closet, or in your car, or walking down the street. Just start a dialogue with God. If you're already praying and just want to move it to the next level, stop telling people you'll, you'll pray for them. Stop. Don't. Because how many times have you said you're going to pray for them and you knew they had something going on the next day or the day after and you didn't remember to pray for them until a week later? Right? We all guilty of that? You immediately be willing to stop and pray right now for them. You grab their hands right then and there, and you pray. You make it uncomfortable. God, <laughs> it, it will be. It will be uncomfortable for you. It will be uncomfortable for them, but you'll change their life when, you, when they see your faith so strong that you will pray in the middle of, of school, in the middle of a, uh, the emergency room, in the middle of a hallway, you know, in Safeway. And be willing to look out. God tells us, you know, what, what is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. It's all a package deal. You can't love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength if you don't love your neighbor as yourself. Package. You need to be looking at each other. We've been, some of us have been already doing this. We look out at you. We see the, the Holy Spirit puts on you on our heart. We walk up to you say, what am I supposed to be praying about? Okay. You're supposed to be doing that. That's how it's going to become active in this church is when you start caring about each other enough to make it uncomfortable for you when you, when you turn to that person next to you and say, you okay? Can I pray for you? Now. So don't say you're going to pray for them. Pray with them now. And I guarantee you, you will remember to pray for them later when you've prayed for them right now. That's good. I think uh, one of the best ways to see... <laughs> One of the best ways to see something happen, so to speak, we've gotten through the part that we've said. It's not about the answer always. It's more about the communication. But if you want to see something happen, then you need to pray, right? It's, um, I've heard it said uh, that if you, if you want to see more healings, then you need to pray for healing. Like you need to put yourself in the place where you're asking for what God is doing and you are praying the language that, that you're praying what God's speaking, you know. And we, we, we just read that, that prayer that Jesus said, it's your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's our pattern for seeing um, God invade this earth is to put ourselves where God is moving and to be saying the things that God is speaking. And, and that shifts our prayer. And I think the way to do that is to start off with thankfulness. When I'm thankful for what God is already doing, then I start to get a vision for what he is doing right now and what he wants to do. And then I get to ask him to do what he's already doing. That's, that's, that's I feel like, a first step in walking into asking for things that God, God has put on your heart to do that he hasn't been talking about. I don't know if that's confusing. It confused me. Sorry. <laughs> Super <laughs> um, practical, though. Yeah, Hyper practical. But, but practical. being thankful for what God has already been doing and being um, just open to what he wants to do and start to pray that into, um, into the situation that you see. Because you're bound to see something. I mean, if you're asking for something that he's already doing, it's going to happen. And that's how you get into that lifestyle of, of praying what God is doing and praying and seeing what that happen. I have two. Um, <laughs> I like practical applications. Okay, so one here practical we go. thing. <laughs> um, the first one, I the other day, Josh and Andy, two of my closest best friends, were over, and I love to sing, but I only sing with Joseph because I'm so embarrassed. And so they were over, and I just really wanted to sing, but I was like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so hard. So anyways, we, we sang, and Joseph played guitar, and I was so nervous, like, sounded probably horrible, but I did it because I know that I get so much joy from it, and I know that um, it's something that I want to grow in and share with other people because it's so much fun, and 
I just love to worship God with other people. And so I did it, and I was read. And these are people that I love, and I'm comfortable telling them, like, my deepest, darkest secrets, whatever. But I can't sing in front of them. And I think it reminded me of, like, when I first became a Christian, and I was praying with um, the person that kind of led me to Christ, and they asked me to, me to pray to God, and I was like, oh, no. Like, I was so shy, so embarrassed, so quiet. And um, just taking that step and praying with people, even though it can be really embarrassing and you feel like you don't know what to say and it's awkward and you turn red and your voice is shaky, like, it's okay. People will have grace um, for your shaky voice and you will grow to love it and find joy and you'll get so close to the people around you. Um, and so I think just finding that person that you're already really comfortable with and then being able to just pray with them and growing confidence in that. And then the second one um, is, has to do with kind of that like doubt and how you are afraid to pray things and then have God not answer them. And that was something that I really struggled with and still can like fall into being like, God, I don't understand why you're not answering my prayer or, like, what is your will? And I think praying scripture, like Randy said, um, and I think, Kelly, you mentioned that as well, will transform your prayer life because you have confidence. This is God's word. You're talking to God. And so if you're praying his will to be done, which is the model he gives us, you're just going to grow in confidence and know what to pray. And he'll change your heart because you're not praying things that you desire, you're praying what he desires. And so I think that um, praying scripture, if you feel like you want to spend 10 minutes praying, read something, like read some kind of scripture that you're like, I want this to be true about me, or I want to see this, like bless my friend because they're going through something hard. Find scripture and pray the scripture instead of trying to come up um, with your own words because you can really hold on to that and meditate on that truth throughout the week so that's great yeah do it whatever uh, so I'll share one that's kind of personal but um, something that I yeah how personal <laughs> uh, something that I do every day and it was um, something I, I did not think of this on my own by any stretch of the imagination it was encouraged to me and I will not let my feet touch the floor in the morning until I have prayed a few things and it is repetitious absolutely I thank the Lord Jesus for his sacrifice I thank God that he loved me enough that he sent his son and then I ask the Holy Spirit to please fill me so that I can go and do what he wants me to do for that day and it helps me take away the I need to do this I'm going to go do that and it kind of puts me back in true north it's like, why do I get the gift of this day anyway? Because the Lord gave it to me. Why am I waking up today? Because the Lord allowed me. And so that um, helps every day to kind of start putting me back in true north. And it's something that I um, just now, I can't imagine getting out of bed without those words before I go hit my quiet time. So that's something just super, super practical, fast, easy, um, <laughs> but I think puts us in the right direction. That's great. That's great. Um, well, yeah, so we'll wrap this up. And, and again, thanks for, thanks for hanging with us here. Uh, I want to say this, and this is something that, that Nate and I were talking this week in a book that, that we had read, and, and it's this idea that when Jesus was in, uh, when he's in the garden, right, the day before he's to go and be crucified, uh, to be tried and crucified. Before that all, before all that goes down, he's asking God, would, would this cup pass from me? And, and God says no, right? I mean, like, because he still got crucified. And it was in that moment, because God did not answer the prayer of Christ, that, there, that, that there's no need for us to ever worry that ours won't be. It's because God decided I'm not going to answer the prayer of my son. And he is going to go after living the perfect life to die the death that each one of us deserved. He's going to raise on the third day, become new, that we could experience life. It's because of that story, because God said no to him in the garden, that he will say yes to what we pray for. In some way or another, okay, not in everything we always think it'll be, but in some way or another, he will say yes. And that is just amazing and should draw us in confidence in prayer and help us grow, okay? 
I long for us to, man, I, I would love if when we have people up here to pray that this, is, this area is packed, that the front area is packed, that I look out and I just see you guys praying for one another mid-service, right? I, if, if I'm preaching a sermon and for whatever reason God says this is the time, pray for the person next to you. I don't care. I want us to be dependent upon Jesus. And I guarantee you it will change things, not just here, but it will change things in our city. I mean, it will change things in our city. Literally mountains will be moved. Well, maybe not literally. Like, they're not going to, you know, whatever. But uh, maybe, right? Stuff will change, and people will take notice. People will be saved. God will be glorified, and we will celebrate until we are with him one day, okay? So let me pray for us and thank our panel. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy and your hope. God, would you bless us now as you respond? God, thank you so much for these people and their hearts for prayer and how they encourage me and God, how they've encouraged us today. God, but most of all, we need your Holy Spirit to constantly convict and, and move us towards this. God, there's nothing that we learn on our own. And so teach us and shape us to look more like your son and be willing to be said no to, at least for a short time until you say yes in another way. God, we love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.